0: It's finally here. Welcome to Do It With Dan,
1: entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mangena.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Dan Mangena. Um If you don't know that by now, then I don't know what you're doing here. You may be here for the first time, in which case, if you are welcome, thanks for joining us. Do be sure to let us know how you felt about the episode with a rating or review. It would mean the world to us. I'm here with a delightful guest who I'm excited to get to know a little bit better, connect with and share with you. Amanda, why don't you let the people know who you are and where you're from?
1: Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me on your show. <laughs> my pleasure. Um, I'm Amanda Chen. I'm originally from Toronto. Um, and I'm now kind of living nowhere to be honest. Uh, so I'm kind of in a very transitional space and I think it goes along with my core theme. I'm a transitional coach and I mm-hmm. help people develop an exit strategy to get out of the life that they were given mm-hmm. to the life that they choose for themselves. And, um, how I kind of got around that was just living abroad in so many different cities. And uh, I eventually started my own company, Salty Paloma, which is a line of flavored salts and sugars, which then developed, um, well, it just started to thrive through through COVID, surprisingly, even though we're a cocktail-based <laughs> um, program. Um, so that was kind of a miracle that really brought me to go on this journey and find myself. And I am now also the host of the Miss Amanda Chen Show podcast that I started a couple months ago,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in which I began a series called The Hundred Masked Men, where I speak to men all around the world anonymously about feelings and all of that sticky stuff that no one really wants Amazing. to talk about. And I choose a really hard uh group of people to um to investigate <laughs> with, you know, just to challenge myself. So that's kind of where I'm at today.
2: <laughs> it sounds like you're like, where's the edge? Let me push it. Where's mm-hmm. the boundary? <laughs> Let exactly. me push it. Where does that even where do where do you even start to develop that? Is that something that you are should you wake up one morning and be like, oh what challenge can I do today? Let's see for <laughs> or, or do did it? Was there an inciting incident? Please um let me into your, your mindset around all of this.
1: Yeah. So I do a lot of work with women empowerment. Most of my clients are women entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. I hit a ceiling where I was struggling to help them in their interactions with other people. And, you know, mm-hmm. half of the population is going to be men and they're going to have to interact with them. Mm-hmm. We can't just go around in our silos and, you know, moving from different directions and avoiding people. So really um, when I started to speak to my clients and I was like, how are we going to speak up and restore integrity with ourselves? Because we need to move forward. It has nothing really about them. Mm -hmm. And I realized how much a lot of women just think on behalf of other people, you know, Mm -hmm. out, out of consideration, they have good intentions, but they end up stopping themselves from really moving and moving forward. So I thought, well, I can't just also carry on this narrow-minded idea that men just don't understand what women woman thinks so we'll just leave them over there and <laughs> and just kind of move in that avoiding space so I thought well the only way I can understand other men is if I put in the time to do so and I figured uh, 100 hours is good enough time and 100 different men would okay. give me enough examples so yeah
2: so you were just looking getting some data some raw data <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I never food tried. Food. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, you know what, who does this? Right? So I, thought- I,
2: I honestly have never heard of this. I do know one guy um, who, um, he, he did a podcast called 50 Conversations with Strangers.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the way that it worked was he had a link and he would just so he initially wanted to go on the street and just like have conversations with complete strangers and record it, but then COVID hit. So he pivoted it to virtual And yeah, a friend of mine was like, hey, I had a conversation with a complete stranger. I know this sounds weird, but just book with this podcast and record this podcast. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I love the guy now. He's like one of my favorite humans. And and it wasn't like a, a light, Oh, I'd like to get to know you. Oh, what's your name? Where did you go to school? He like, he's like, yeah, I like that answer, but now I want you to throw that aside because it sounds like it's what you tell everyone and and let's see what's behind it. And it was a really uncomfortable but really beautiful conversation that I got a lot from and I've referred people to. So I get the, the the power and potency of just the randomness of that because we're not challenged by our ideas about what we should be saying to someone that we don't know. And someone who's anonymous Mm -hmm. well guess what they don't have anything to someone might recognize their voice but the likelihood's really low so there's an openness there there's a a possibility an opportunity sorry for just someone to just be completely vulnerable completely open and to just just talk
1: yeah and you know what's actually funny is I thought that that would be easier for people to speak on, right? (laughs) But if I'm talking to men on feelings and what their role is and what they think about masculinity, and then how do they deal with kind of feminist movements and women's movements and how to support women, they still put on a mask, you know, Mm. even though they were anonymous. And it's like, it was very interesting to see Mm. that. I guess maybe it's because I'm a female host, like it would have been different if it was two men speaking, Mm -hmm. but without that duality, like how would we really get the truth across? So I ended up Mm -hmm. becoming really curious about gender linguistics Mm -hmm. and how do we speak to people we can connect with on a gender level and, Mm -hmm. you know, on a cultural level Mm -hmm. and learning how to speak that language was more exciting for me to just like, Hey, maybe I need to learn how to speak. In speak like a, man, a man's language, yeah, before dude. I can get to their answers.
2: Did you learn so, to speak, dude?
1: I did, yeah. <laughs> okay, it, it give it me some At dude. least fifty episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: give, 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 give give me some dude, some dude, some dude differences. What some dude. of the the, so, the nuances of dude?
1: <laughs> okay, the first one is let the guy finish talking. Women like to interrupt and like say something afterwards, but this is actually how women like to talk. They'd be like, oh my God, yeah, I totally agree. And then let you continue afterwards as a way to say, hey, we're bonding. I agree with you. I feel for you. Mm -hmm. Whereas men just want to finish the conversation and finish what they said in case they lose their thought. Right? So Mm. the interruption part is what actually ruins a conversation between men and women. So just let them finish. Uh. It's one thing I do. And then ask for further elaboration. And then I don't question what that was it's kind hmm. of like okay that was a fact cool story bro next and now it's my turn and then I'm allowed to talk but if I interrupted wow. at any point in time before he finished we would never uh get to the end so
2: wow
1: right it's interesting because
2: I'm just looking at myself now <laughs> I'm like do I do that and I'm even thinking about the challenging conversations that I sometimes have at home with my wife and it's like do I not give the, the fem, the female counterpart of that demonstrating bonding by blah, 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 And then continuing. Mm -hmm. So, Oh wow.
1: Another really interesting one is like the conversation that always happens on like, what are we going to eat for dinner?
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: And (laughs) if she goes, what do you want for dinner? Do you want pizza? And then you are just going to be like, no, I don't, I don't feel like pizza. And then she's mad all of a sudden and you don't know why. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's because you didn't ask her if she also wants pizza. And usually the man is like, Well, I'm I'm the decider. I decide things. I, you know, do things. So I'm just gonna make a decision. The answer is no or yes, you know. Mm-hmm. And you think you've done well. Whereas the idea is like, no, well, I don't know if I want pizza. Do you want pizza? And mm-hmm. reciprocate the question, even though it doesn't matter what the answer is. It's it's a fact of bonding, actually. And it's, it's quite ridiculous when you see it in the logical form because you want the <laughs> conversation <laughs> to finish. But it's actually a bonding mechanism to be like, hey, I just want to, you know, it's more of a check in to say, like, are we still good? It's the mm. same thing as like your mother coming over and saying like, hey, did you eat yet? Mm-hmm. You know, it. <laughs> it's the same gesture but it mm. it just gets a little bit more sticky when it's in a romantic context
2: so so where do these nuances evolve from is there like some special impregnated like lady code and, and dude code that's in our dna is it cultural um did you find this to be the same nuance that existed across different cultures like how did that work out
1: so, there are some nuances with culture, but I think just being an ethnic host, you know, that kind of helped me understand it a bit better. Mm-hmm. There are some older traditional concepts, but they still do run true. Um, once you get to people that are 25 and younger, those traditional concepts begin to dissolve a little bit, which is mm-hmm. great to see. Mm-hmm. And I think really talking to trans people has helped me. Open my eyes in terms of how people experience things. So like, for example, if a, you know, traditional woman thought to be lesbian turns into a visible looking man, can't, you know, walk up to a woman on the street anymore. And that might be confusing for them to be like, Oh no, I can't, I can't do that anymore. I can't walk up to a baby and pick it up. You know, there's uh-huh. all these weird things that you can't do as a straight looking dude. And,
0: uh-huh.
1: and uh, that really changed my reflection on just, what do people see and what do they expect of you? Mm. And that really got me to dig deeper into like, you know, who am I? How do I identify myself? And mm. how is that defined through that gender and cultural reference?
2: Mm. I was actually going to speak to because um, we're talking about men and women, but obviously we've got the non-binary option now as well. We also have the trans community, um, which I've been going on my own journey of understanding around that. One of my closest friends is 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 a gay man, and he's does a lot to help educate. Um, he almost plays a role that I find myself playing in terms of interracial relations, being like, oh, no, this is how it works or whatever. Um, being sort of a safe space to ask weird questions, like, hey, yeah. I wanted to ask this, but I don't want to like sound racist. Like, can I ask a question please? And it's, <laughs> like, I find the same thing with him, um, in relationship to the LB. Q, LBGQT plus community. I think I got the letters correct. In terms of understanding some of these dynamics, so did you find on this journey that, for example, did you go and speak to somebody and be like, "Hey, you're a dude," and they're like, "No, like I'm trans," or "I'm bi-. Did you have any of those um, those situations coming up on that journey, or was it was it clean cut for you?
1: You know what? I think when you're a traditional um, when it's easy for people to identify what you what you are,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: you just fit in a social construct so I'm clearly a woman and I look like a woman and I act like a woman and mm-hmm. you know I'm straight. there there isn't a lot of confusion there, but mm-hmm. I am confused in how I interact with people. Mm-hmm. So actually, straight cis people are the ones that are confused. Anyone that's in the LGBTQ community, they're not confused. So they're just watching everyone else act like fools. it's kind of funny. And if you just try, if you're just like, hey, um, You know, obviously my series is called 100 Masked Men. I have definitely approached people that are not actually men, but Mm -hmm. I've said so in a respectful way. And I've said, hey, I would love to hear your perspective on just Mm -hmm. gender roles and those labels in today's society. I didn't Mm -hmm. say that you were a man. I just said, maybe you'd be interested in hearing more about this. And this is what I do. And I always Mm -hmm. get respectful responses saying, hey, Mm -hmm. you know you're doing a fantastic thing. I'm so glad that you're trying and you're putting, you know, your platform forward to do so. Mm -hmm. And you're introducing this to a lot of straight women and Mm -hmm. men, right? So Mm -hmm. congratulations, I'm happy for you. However, I don't resonate with being a man. So I'm going to, you know, politely decline. Mm -hmm. But usually they end up suggesting someone else for me. So it's never been- I'm with you.
2: So so the the relationship's gone forward. There's been a pain forward.
0: mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And when you're looking at the work that you're doing as a transition coach and living the life- choosing the life that we're living now in the modern world, there are so many ways that that presents. We have gender, we have sexuality, we have career, we have socioeconomic stance. I was reading an article the other day about this movement going on in China, the lie down movement, where people are completely rejecting the, 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 uh, the capitalist movement and just doing nothing. And like, it just, we have all of these choices with these different things that we can we can do in and with our lives um how often are you finding like crazy combinations of transition that people want to make or are you finding that people are coming to you for more traditionally quote-unquote traditionally understood expressions of of transition
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know in the beginning of my journey as a coach it was very cookie cutter people just wanted to be me and it's really easy to make mini me's because I know yeah. me and <laughs> I know was me just, you know hustle mentality if you want to start a brand make a personal brand be hot on yeah. Instagram I can help you with all of that kind of stuff yeah. and then I just noticed everyone there wanted certain ego they wanted Mm -hmm. a certain representation it was very visual It was very focused on society so once i realized i had to upkeep this Mm -hmm. i was like oh man i have to upkeep this and then now to teach other people to keep the upkeep going i don't like the circle that i'm creating here Mm. so i need to stop that circle and then i can be a proper representation again so
0: Mm.
1: i had to really let go of everything of Mm. who I identified myself with, whatever my brand was, you know, it was empowering, it was uh, entrepreneurial, it was all these things. And then I was like, maybe it's not strong. Maybe it's not forceful, you know, Mm. maybe it's not, how do you, you know, break through doors? Maybe it's Mm -hmm. about peace and love and compassion and all of these other things. And that's really what changed my outlook. And Mm. I think I'm, I'm really battling with, home life, you know, just talking to people back home on my new journey where i am really focusing on nothingness and it's like i could easily see myself living on top of a cliff you know in a cave in complete silence for forever you know mm-hmm. and and that realization of that fact that i don't need anybody to prove my own existence anymore has been both exciting and terrifying at the same time
0: you know <laughs> and
1: and then i just deal with that every day like with people that either want to be somebody they want to be famous they want to be a thing or they want nothing so Mm -hmm. i think it's always been that like do you want to live or do you want to die kind of Mm -hmm. concept in the in the in the most extreme way of what that looks like
2: Mm. and even when you look at the, the journey that you went even in terms of the people that you were attracting do you think that that's been representative at all of the journey that you've gone on as a whole maybe starting off with what does it look like? Then what does it feel like? Then what is it really? And and some kind of journey of learning for yourself.
1: A hundred percent. I definitely found people that reflected the projection that I wanted to have as mm-hmm. how I identified myself. So it was a no brainer that I would have people that look like me, act like me, do things mm-hmm. like me. Mm-hmm. And then when I switched that, again, the universe revolves around that too. And I started attracting other people that thought in this other way. Mm. And then now I'm kind of stuck in the middle where I'm like, well, who's, which direction do I go? Cause I'm technically both.
2: Mm. Right? I love that. It's almost like continuing the embodiment of that polarity and just being able to hold it and in the holding of it, providing a space for people to go through that journey themselves because you're not rejecting a part of your journey, you're just reflecting back on a part of your journey.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think really accepting the uncertainty of everything mm-hmm. and unsureness of everything. Like I used to always know exactly what I had planned. Like I was very goal oriented, outcome mm-hmm. oriented. I needed to know, or at least pretend I knew, what was happening. Mm-hmm. And and now just being like, yeah, I don't know, and being happy with saying I don't know often has been probably the most liberating thing. It's like my favorite statement to say.
2: <laughs> so brilliant. On your journey with these conversations you've been having with coaching clients, with strangers, what are some of the most uh, powerful liberations that you've seen in other people?
1: So I used to be a journalist, I don't know, at least like 10 years ago, and Mm -hmm. I used to do a lot of red carpet interviews and Mm -hmm. put people on the spot and ask them questions and it was... I was really aggressive, right? Just to to get an answer. And Give me the answer. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And originally, I just needed the quote, right? And I needed to mm-hmm. be quoted from my magazine, and not somebody else's. So it was really competitive before. Mm-hmm. And now, it's more like I don't I don't decide how how this conversation goes anymore. And there's there's mm-hmm. freedom in that. So the learning for me is really just like, oh my god, I didn't have a conversation before. It was just mm-hmm. like I would you would talk i would let you talk and then i would wait for my turn and then i would talk and everyone's just talking at each other trying to convince the other person that they're knowledgeable or that you know they're good at what they're doing or that they're a real person and no one's actually listening and having a conversation so i think that the greatest learning is really like okay if we give us that time to get over that that on the surface kind of stuff then we can get deeper and then you get to learn about people and it literally transforms in front of you. Like mm-hmm. another person just shows up and it's, that has been the most exciting thing. Like whenever mm-hmm. I do get to those moments and I'm getting there faster and faster as I practice conversations in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's been half like my own skills as well as like seeing if there are patterns in our conversations, you mm-hmm. know, to get to that, um, that level. Cause I don't think we really bother, mm-hmm. you know.
2: And on the way you learn to do and you learn to talk all these other variations and probably some millennials as well. Uh, So I want to look to the thing as a happy hobo because basically I I spent two years homeless. I Mm called myself a happy hobo. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And um, it was interesting seeing for me places where I felt like chilling for a bit. I live in Carbo full time now. I actually came down here for three days and ended up staying. Nice. That's how I ended up here. But um, do you find that the the pace, not the pace, the um, the journey of sort of moving between spaces? Do you feel called to go somewhere, or do you like follow signs, or is it I'm bored now? I want to move, move mm. to somewhere else. How has that been for you? I'm just being a bit nosy.
1: Of course. So Mm -hmm. I used to, again, I always had a plan. I had some Mm -hmm. work related business that I wanted to take care of every place that I went to, or Mm -hmm. there was somebody that was living there that I wanted to meet. Mm -hmm. And that was Mm pre-COVID. During the pandemic, I suddenly had a lot of fear of traveling, Mm -hmm. which I think is normal for everyone. Mm -hmm. So when I finally took the step to go, I had Mm -hmm. to go with somebody else. So I started in Tulum. Mm-hmm. I went with a friend, and she. I, everyone went to Tulum. <laughs> that was kind of the the game for a while, and then I slowly made my way to where I really wanted to be, which I felt called to, which was in Oaxaca, mm-hmm. and. I was really upset with all of the parts of Oaxaca that I that I came to. I started off in Mazunte and went to Puerto Escondido and then eventually to Oaxaca City and it still wasn't like this is home for me. Mm-hmm. And I realized how badly I just wanted to be like, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. And how do I do this in my life? You know, with like the first job I find, I'm like, oh, this is it. The first house mm-hmm. I get, oh, this is it. And you just want it to be done mm-hmm. versus like, actually the best part is the journey and continuing mm-hmm. and continuing and continuing. If you are called to come back, then that's a message.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Until then, what's the problem in continuing to go and go and go mm-hmm. and and live in that, um, that need, I guess, to just... Mm-hmm. Um, that urgency for just mm-hmm. like, hey, let's just do this today and see what happens next mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than like, no, this has to be it. And I need to know and I need to feel this like certainty in me. And I've, I've removed remove that. So, mm. so yeah, I think that's completely changed my concept. And now I'm like, you know what? There's still the entire world that I haven't explored yet. And mm-hmm. here I am thinking, you know, it had to be Oaxaca.
2: Why is Oaxaca not working? This was the plan. <laughs> exactly. I was so <laughs> upset.
1: I was like, what's going on? Yeah. And then you just realize like you can't you can't plan.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: and places will never change, but you mm-hmm. will change. And eventually and mm-hmm. any point in your life that might be the place for you Mm -hmm. until you change. Mm -hmm.
2: Right. So. Yeah. There was a whole thing with, um, so, um, I met my wife at a meditation retreat and I was going back and forth between here in New York to go and see her for a while. And then we ended up getting married I had like, Oh, you're my soulmate. Let's get married. And then, um, then I brought her down here and she hated it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how could you hate it here? And it's like, um, then we had, uh, COVID came, then she got pregnant and then it's like, oh, she couldn't go anywhere All right, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll here, whatever. And then it was this like whole thing of, why don't you love it here? This is like perfect. And like my stepdaughter loves it here. I love it here. Um, my son was born here. And he doesn't know anything else anyway, but he's um, like, you're the only one that doesn't like it. Why can't you love it? And I was like, this whole thing of me like holding on to, but it has to be, mm-hmm. and like this whole liberation came and I was like, it doesn't have to be here. like can be anywhere like I, I there is more of the world that I haven't seen or whatever and as soon as I did that then she stopped resisting being here and like she found more stuff that she likes to do and like this week she started tennis lessons and she does that three times a week and one of our neighbors in our development also has the same tennis teacher, so now they're going to play tennis together and just silly little things like that have just sort of fallen into place when I stopped resisting and saying mm-hmm. that it has to be a certain way yeah and that's been and I've been, oh, maybe I could try out somewhere else that could be something to do. So we'll see what happens mm-hmm. in the post-pandemic world if there's ever yeah. going to be something.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's really interesting that you said it was more the way, that mm-hmm. it was a way of living, that you mm-hmm. just kind of expected that, oh, you're just going to fall in love with it instantaneously. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, you've got to find your own version of, <laughs> of living there.
2: It's <laughs> like, how could you love here? This is like perfect. She's like, it's just the countryside. that like, I want to wear my heels. It's like, really? Like... We have perfect weather. People are cool. Everything's amazing. But then like our our idea of perfection is different for everyone. So like, I've never been interested in going to Tulum. Loads of my friends that come to Mexico, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: they've all gone to the Tulum side. One of my best mates, he was here in Cabo for like two months. And then he went across to Tulum and he's just there. He's just like, yeah, I'm not coming back. I've still got some some of his stuff in my house. I was like, why, how could you prefer that? And I've not even been the slightest bit interested in going across, but that's, everyone's got their own, thing right so I don't know so are you still in Oaxaca now did you find uh, a movement took you somewhere else
1: so I had to come back to Toronto um Mm -hmm. shortly so I'm here now for Mm -hmm. a couple weeks I just need to get someone else to lease my place and then I'm off again Mm -hmm. but I am being called to the west coast so I'm hoping I'll be in
2: Puerto Vallarta Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. It A lot was one of Puerto
2: points of so yeah. let me know if you end up there or I'll, I'll introduce 100%, you. One hundred
1: percent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I when I first went to Mazunte, coming from Tulum, mm-hmm. I mean Tulum was you know magical and beautiful. <laughs> but it's high maintenance. So when you go to somewhere low maintenance, like Mazunte, I was like, oh my God, there's no like four ply toilet paper. You know, there, there isn't even a, a toilet seat. <laughs> it,
0: was, uh, it
1: was just bare bones living on a dirt road. And I was like, oh my God, what I <laughs> so, I hated it. I was like, I can't wear heels. Like, I can't even wear anything. Everything's covered in dirt.
0: So
1: I, I sympathize with your wife there, but yeah, afterwards mm-hmm. I gave it time, right? Mm-hmm. When you give it time, I was like, i i actually love this place mm-hmm. and now coming back to my four apply toilet paper here in toronto i'm just like why did i need this
2: you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> it's comfortable i appreciate it I way more paper?
2: <laughs> maybe that's going to be the name for this episode do you need oh toilet my God. paper? <laughs> With <on> <laughs> <laughs> do you? That's, a
0: good
2: <laughs> that's hilarious what are some of the biggest um aha moments that you've had on the adventures into not having toilet paper, going off to go and live by the pyramids, having conversations with complete strangers that still don't want to be anonymous, even though they're anonymous. Like what have been some of the biggest breakthroughs that you've had for yourself?
1: Um, A new definition of fear. Mm. Um, Because fear for me originally was like, everyone thought I was really fearless because I just went ahead with things. But I was always living in survival mode. I didn't even think of that as fear Mm. until really the pandemic hit. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid of my my life, my safety, mm-hmm. and all of these mm-hmm. new concepts. And I always felt like I needed to be around somebody. Mm-hmm. And in my journey with the masked men, I started to reflect on my own attachment to men as being a provider, a safety net. Like, you know, I found a guy in Tulum that I actually sort of wrangled to go on a plane with me to Mizunte because I didn't want to go by myself. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, why did I need this? He's going to have to leave. He's going to have to go back to Tulum or something, you know? <laughs> I just
0: You're coming look,
1: with me. <laughs> look at my own silliness. I'm like, what is he gonna do? Like, he's going <laughs> on soon. So, and then you know, realizing like when people come and go, like mm-hmm. th- you can't have an attachment to that. So why am I having this false sense of security from people, mm-hmm. as if those people are going to save me or help mm-hmm. me or or do better for me? And then when I find myself in dangerous situations, I'm actually like, you know what's better? not being around people, (laughs) being Mm. in a forest, being in a cave, being on a dirt road, literally, where (laughs) there's no one there, that's actually safer than, like, nature is Mm -hmm. safer than Mm -hmm. people because you literally don't know what people are going to do. And same thing with nature, but at least you can see it coming. You can see the clouds forming. You can
0: see (laughs) nature a little bit faster. Yeah.
1: So so that's a huge thing I learned about fear itself. And, you know, I used to think about what would I live for? You know, what I spend my time living for, fighting for? what are my core values? Mm -hmm. And then I thought, you know what, what would I die for? Like, Mm -hmm. what would I end my life instantaneously today for? That's Mm -hmm. a very different thing than believing you have all the time in the world to continue Mm -hmm. pursuing something. So it was more the urgency of life that took me away from fear of anything else.
2: Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, More and more, I think we're, um, we're seeing how little control. We have every 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 workshop and speaking gig that I've had where people invite me to speak around, you know, coping strategies for pandemic and stuff like that. I, I've actually personally didn't get into it. A lot of people in my field when everything first kicked off, let's do a Zoom circle and do a thing. And I'm like, I'm not actually going to give this life by giving it that much attention. So I'm not actually going to feed into mm-hmm. it. But as things came along and people were like, okay, let's we're ready to start moving forward now. What are some moving forward strategies? And I did get into it. And I did, I've done a couple of times, I've done a keynote called Manifesting in the Face of Uncertainty. And one of the underlying things there was you were never certain. And what's happened now is the truth has been revealed that you didn't know what was going on. You didn't have this control. And now that illusion's been, you've been robbed of that illusion. Mm -hmm. And that's where your discomfort's coming from. If you were to just accept that, the discomfort would fall away. The situation would still be the same, but the discomfort in the face of it would fall away. And then we're actually better positioned to do something about it like you said like oh well I wrangled this man (laughs) to come (laughs) get get on a plane with me but him being there doesn't change what would have happened it just gives me this illusion of control over the situation because I've added another human to it but the situation was still what it would be Mm -hmm. um, I think it's fascinating
1: and I think it doesn't even matter like if it was a man or anything it was just attachment right Mm -hmm. and the more you I, re- I remember that I ended up getting my friend that I was um, living with at the time to join me to an art class in Tulum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I could have just gone to this art class by myself, <laughs> but I had to turn it into an experience that we would share together and <laughs> some quality time as a way to be like, oh, this is for her, not for me. Yeah. And how much do we do that? Mm-hmm. We remove like something that actually matters to us mm-hmm. by calling it, you know, experience for the sake mm-hmm. of somebody else mm-hmm. and that was a huge learning where i was like oh my god i'm attached to people in this way mm. where it robs me of my own desire for things because now mm. that's dimmed my mm. my desire for this art class you know it's kind of more mm. of a excursion that we do together instead of something that could have been all for me
2: mm. i love that i love that i love that um what's on the horizon for you next to sort of bring this home now we've got um um businesses kicking off and taking names, um, Mm -hmm. even mid COVID, we're going on another adventure soon enough. Is anything particularly sexy on the horizon for you? Like what's happening?
0: Hmm.
1: I am in the midst of writing a book, um, a memoir. So that's kind of the direction I'm taking now. I realized I've had this inner artist in me, forever that is slowly creeping back up and I'm Mm. surrounding myself in artist circles and one thing about art is there's no purpose to it which is very Mm. different to my goal-oriented lifestyle earlier Mm -hmm. so just just writing for the sake of writing and just experiencing everything and feeling everything Mm. um and and finally sharing the story like the whole story not just Mm. the story that I believe people want to hear because that's going to sell kind of story Mm -hmm. so so that's uh that's what i've been working on and i finally have the space and the time
0: mm-hmm.
2: to do
1: that so beautiful beautiful
2: yeah. beautiful, beautiful beautiful for people that want to keep up with you um see what's going on follow the latest adventures find out what new wacky project that you're going to be getting into or maybe even speak to you about um coaching with you what's the best way for them to connect
1: yeah, the best way is through Instagram at Miss Amanda Chen. You can mm-hmm. also find my website at MissAmandaChen.com. Nice. Um, you can uh, check out the podcast. It's 100 com. So that's 100 mm-hmm. Masterman. I'm definitely
2: going to have a look at that. <laughs> i <I'm> definitely <laughs> having a look at that.
1: I, I'm just at 70 people now. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost three quarters of the way. Um, mm-hmm. I have a different season each quarter.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's been it's been revolutionary for me um i've
2: definitely got some interesting men that you might want to speak mm-hmm. to i've definitely yeah. got some interesting men like off off the top of my head i've got four or five varying degrees <laughs> of men that will be very I'm interesting over. for you to speak to yeah yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll hop on the email afterwards <laughs> and I'll, I'll do some intros but i can Amazing. definitely think of um i'm not going to say the names because that ruins all of the an- anonymity <laughs> but put it this way i've got some really cool people for you beautiful mhm awesome. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming to hang out with me. This has been really dope. Um, Guys, be sure to go and check out Miss Amanda Chen on Instagram and on the worldwide internet and 100 Masked Men. Go and check out that podcast. Who knows? Some of the people that you may hear may be people that i refer referred to, maybe they won't. Who knows? It could be. Mm-hmm. It's anonymous. So it's a secret. Um, maybe you want to be one of the anonymous masked men and you want to reach out to Amanda and um, and chime in. But um, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure getting to know you better and more about your journey. Uh, guys, I'm sure you'll join me in celebrating Amanda on her adventures and letting us know what you think about this episode with a rating and review. Uh, share this episode with someone who might be in transition of some sort. We looked at so many different types transition. Until then, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Remember, you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. Bye for now. Hey. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Do It With Dan with your host, Daniel Magena. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With
0: Dan.